I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 24 of the T. Rowan Funky Show. I'm your host, Ben Askren, joined as always by my main man, Tommy Rollins. Tommy, I heard you were down at uh, Flow HQ yesterday. What would you think of that place? Incredible. I mean, I, I knew Martin when he was uh, doing it himself and hopping from one international wrestler's couch to another back in 07. And I was a part of that journey, uh, the beginning journey for him, because I was that was when I was on the scene, and as you were too, Ben. And to see him with you know uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of employees, and just what he's built is inspirational in a number of ways. Pretty incredible, to be honest. Totally agree. So, you know, Ed, you lined up this interview, actually, Tommy. So we got we got Rich Bender calling in in a couple minutes. Um, but before you know, before that, we're gonna chat a little bit. But after he gets off the line. We're going to talk about the Spencer Lee stuff to Iowa, which we didn't get to last week. And we're going to talk about the Olympic qualifiers, which happened last weekend. Is is that what we're going to talk about? I'm pretty sure. I also want to touch on Ramos to North Carolina. Oh, that just came up in the last, I don't know, what, hour, two hours? Hours, yeah. So we'll 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 hit on that. What do you think? Good choice, bad choice? Oh, if he's going to leave, if he's going to leave, if he's going to leave, it's a good choice. Coleman Scott, I have a lot of respect for him. He can give Tony Ramos a feel that is a little bit more international, which will prepare him more, I think, internet. There's, there's a lot of, lot to gain out of it, but just the fact that he's bouncing, we can just dive back into the dynamic of why he's leaving, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I, you know, you really think Coleman Scott as the head coach will be able to give him, the proper amount of time to where he won't get jealous and sad and then like pout and leave again. You know, that's who knows. That's that's why we need to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, but real realistically though, you know, Coleman has at least ten guys on his squad, you know, and realistically you got thirty, forty, but you know, especially when you get towards the tournament season, you got ten guys you're really gearing up to cater to. Um you know, is he really going to be able to give Tony Ramos that that all in focus? I I just don't see it. I don't. The infrastructure well, a better not workout built there. partner than he was utilizing in Iowa because he wasn't wrestling Daniel Dennis. So what would you rather wrestle? Well, are Tom- you telling me Coleman Scott's not going to work out with his college hey, guys? And he's only going to work out with Ramos. Would you rather wrestle uh, Thomas Gilman everyday folk style or Coleman Scott uh, f- four matches a week freestyle? <laughs> You know, like, yeah, I mean, if if I get Coleman Scott, I take Coleman Scott in that situation, right? right? But right. that's what I'm saying: is he really going to get Coleman? No, Scott? I'm with you, man. I can't wait to talk about it. That's why I told okay, you we got. Right, we got Rich calling in already. Is he? Um, yeah. So I'll say what's up, and then you you get it rolling. Okay, I will do that. Oh dang it, Rich! Yeah, I just del- I, I answered you and I deleted Tommy. That's the first time I made that mistake. Well, you probably so, need hold on. Let you me need let him me, more than me. Let me. I'm, we're recording, so let me pop him back on here. Uh, add people, Tommy Rollins. Okay, add. Okay, it should be calling him right now. He's just about to answer. I'm sorry. I have never made this mistake before. It, it gives you really? a 
Yeah, it gives you a answer button and it gives you a an add button. Tommy. Oh, I thought he answered. Oh, damn. You want me to hang up and call back in? <laughs> yeah, hang up real quick. Sorry. Tommy. Hey there. Oh, I tried calling you. Okay. So I, I accidentally answered his and put you on hold, which I didn't mean oh, to yeah. do. I just texted um, you. <laughs> and and so then I tried calling you, but you didn't answer, obviously. So now I told Rich, I hung up on Rich told him to call back. Are we recording right now? Yeah, we're still recording. <laughs> Sorry, fans. <laughs> Very, the, the, the production value of this show is first class, as I'm sure you all know. So, yeah, I've, that, you know what? But in 24 episodes, I've never made that mistake. That's uh, I think that we've I done like. pretty good for a bunch of you know wrestling stiffs just winging it on a podcast. Yeah. I think we've done all right. So, you know, they give you the, the plus sign or the, the phone, and I clicked on the freaking phone. Jeez Louise. Oh, man. Okay. Crazy. So, all right, here he is. So I'm going to click okay. on the plus sign now. All right. Okay. I clicked on the right button this time. We got us all here. Rich, how's it going? Gang's all here. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Rich. Thanks for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. <laughs> doing pretty well. Tommy and I were just talking about the drama that, you know, Ramos, he left Iowa with a lot of drama, and he's headed to North Carolina. And, and Tommy thinks it's a good move, but I don't think that Coleman Scott as a head coach would be able to dedicate their proper amount of time, and, and Tony might get jealous again and leave. What do you think about that, Rich? Well, I, I tell you what, I'd really like to know what, and if you remember the match, after the match, Tony Ramos grabbed Coleman around the waist and said something in his ear. I, I think a lot yeah. of people like to know what he said. And, yeah, it uh, is It I, is interesting. And that, that was... I, uh, Go ahead. I, I think it's a good move, personally. I, I mean, I think... Uh, I, I think Coleman's going to be a great coach, and obviously, I don't. I don't know that Tony Ramos is going to find a much better training partner than than Coleman Scott. But you know, it's kind of somewhat of an unfortunate turn of events there for for a lot of people. But I, I think it's a good move personally. Cool. Yeah, I, I think I, I don't think it's going to you know, Richard, direct uh, executive director of USA Wrestling. So I don't think it's going to deter the movement. That, that you're a part of and we're all a part of with American wrestling. I mean, I think Tano, Tony Ramos is going to continue to develop, but that is an interesting dynamic. We won't have you comment on it too much. We've got plenty of other things to talk about, but, <laughs> but Ben and I are going to, when, when we get you off the phone here in about, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes, we're going to dive into that and have a little fun with it. But, um, for those of you who don't know, Rich Bender is the executive director at USA Wrestling, has been for quite some time. And, uh, Rich, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're out of the NCAA season. We're into the international spring season. It's an Olympic year. There's a lot going on. And with that being said, from what I understand, you just returned two days ago from Mongolia from the Olympic qualifier. Is that correct? Yeah, night before last. That's correct. How are you hanging in with the jet lag? Ah, I'm okay. You know, I guess that, that 15 hour time difference, I, I think uh, I had a kind of a tough day yesterday, but uh, no worse for the wear today. Ready to roll. Gotcha. So, so we, you know, out in Mongolia, and I'd like to hear your commentary, but for the most part, uh, with the exception of not qualifying, uh, Molinero, I would say it was a good venture on the women's side. Um, we got Jaden Cox through. Um, we did okay in Greco. So we still have, we still have, we still have some more wood to chop, right? We still got, I think, well, what, well, we, we, two in Greco? we didn't do okay in Greco. I mean, we, we didn't get anybody qualified. Oh, anybody. Oh, uh, God. Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. So, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, we went there, you know, we we're fixing to qualify everybody. And uh, when that doesn't happen, that's a disappointment. And certainly, uh, and we left a couple on the table, for sure. 
Tamara Mensa, I mean, in her, I mean, she wrestled for a spot in, in, a, in a match we thought we were better than the Israeli girl. And, uh, you know, and Rayvon Perkins, when you're wrestling uh, six minutes to earn a spot to go to the league games, you got to get the job done. And, uh, and we came up short in that match. Uh, let a match get away from us with Jesse Silkey, uh, head 5-0 and a match he, you know, he knows he should have won. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, we had some bright spots. I mean, Jaden Cox, I know, uh, Ben, you're going to want to talk a lot about oh, Jaden, yeah. I'm sure. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but I tell you, Jaden Cox is a beast, and I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long time. Just a great, and as you guys know, a great kid, and, mm-hmm. and just he lives right, and I think he's going to be on the scene for a while. And obviously, Helen Morales uh, did what we all thought she'd do, and uh, you know, we we think she's going to win a gold medal. And, uh, and I know there's some some a girl in Japan that doesn't think that's possible, but. And we think Tom Morales is ready to, ready to win a gold medal. And certainly, uh, you know, Haley Algello uh, stepped up in her kind of, I mean, she's a that world champ, but first time at this weight at the, at the international level, really wrestled great. And in, in, in finals match, the match kind of got away from her a little bit. And, and, you know, she made some mistakes that she won't make again. And uh, we think she's ready to medal too. So there were some bright spots, but certainly some disappointments. And a lot, like you said, Tommy, a lot of wood to chop, you know, so, a week from Saturday. So there was nine spots left to qualify, if I'm right. Um, so we we got four of those through, and so we have five left. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Uh, we've we've got we've we've got six left. So six left. So we only got three yeah, through out of the nine. Yeah, and so in the grand scheme of things, uh, Russia sets the pace with 15 qualifiers. Azerbaijan is second with 13, and then. We're tied with China, Kazakhstan with 12. So, um, still a lot of, a lot of quality wrestlers not qualified. And, and I mean, obviously, uh, that's, that's in the an Olympic interesting angle, Rich, not, not to interrupt you, but it goes, it speaks to how difficult it is to qualify these weights to the Olympics. Cause when you hear that we have so many left, so much more wood to chop, you're like, man, what, you know, y- your instinct is to think, you know, man, we're, we're, we're struggling to be in the upper echelon as we head into the games and then come to find out, you know, there's only two or three other countries that are in a better situation than we are right now. So wait, let me ask you a question here, Rich, because I know in 2008 when I was on the team, um, Zadek got in at the last minute because of an injury or something. He was a, he was an alternate. Um, and then I believe in the last Olympic cycle we had one one weight where we weren't qualified. But prior to that, I, I think we had qualified all weights in 2004, 2096. So has the qualification process got tougher? Are there less qualifiers well, for the Olympics, or what's well, this? Well, first of all, we, we, we missed a we, you missed a couple of Greco guys in there, but I did. Um, in, in ninety in ninety six, we we had automatic qualifiers. So as oh, the host, we're the, the host game, country. Yes, uh, all twenty athletes uh, were allowed to participate, and we've missed a couple of Greco uh, weight classes, but. Um, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, we, 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 uh, you know, we, we intend to, to qualify everybody and that's our goal. And, and I think, you know, the, the world's gotten tougher and, you know, that's, that's just a reality that we're dealing with, not an excuse, but, but a reality. And I, you know, looking, looking at the, the qualifying list today and you, you see a country like Venezuela and, and, and the qualifying process is no joke, right? Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta wrestle sure. for a medal at the world championships you got to place in the top two at your continental championships, and then in, on the men's side, top three in this qualifier and two to the last qualifier. Venezuela's got six qualifiers. What? And you know, yeah, that's uh, you know, so 
you know, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, that was, I mean, that's a country for, that's an example of a country that's, that's stepped its game up. Brazil has really stepped its game up on the women's side. And, you know, I think, you know, it used to be that we would go to a, the, the Pan Am qualifier and just, you know, maybe hope that we didn't have to uh, face the Cuban before the finals. But the way the, the, the event uh, bracket works, if you're in, you know, two or three of the best guys in the same half, only one guy is getting through or girl. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's no joke to get qualified, and and uh, you know I think we're seeing some some parts of the world step forward in their in their wrestling program that we hadn't seen in, in the recent past. Yeah, yeah, and then you know the other thing there too that a lot of people forget to remember is that you know all these other Soviet countries they're not buying the Russians, right? They're buying the second, third, and fourth, and fifth Russian, and you know like we saw one of the weight classes last week, Bahrain even got into they got into the party, they bought. <laughs> uh, Batirov, and then where's Katayev wrestling for now? Somewhere Armenia Katayev. or something, right? So, so these countries, yeah, are well, buying and, all I mean, these look, good Russians. Look, look at Italy. I mean, look, Italy had Chimicho, a world champion yeah. this year in, in Las Vegas with He's a with the Cuban. Cuban. So, yeah, yeah. The, the transfer rules, Ben. That's a good point. The transfer rules aren't nearly as strict today as they they were. In fact, they were relaxed uh, about two years ago. So, okay. you know, you're seeing you're seeing some transfers uh, i mean the bahrain example of batirov I, I mean i think i'm uh have stronger roots to bahrain than he does but how much are they uh, paying because you know if they're paying enough i might go over there <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe i i don't know what they're paying but i'm sure it's a i'm sure it's worth his while so but you know uh, it's interesting because you got all these dynamics as it as you look into how or why it's so difficult to qualify our weights for the olympics and there's a lot of things that play into that but you've got – here's what we, we got now that we didn't have maybe 25 years ago. We've got the breakup of the Soviet Union first yep. and foremost. That's huge. I mean that, that adds 14 or 15 real players that are going to interrupt that, that qualification process. You've got – we went from – we used to have, what, 10 or 11 weights you know, way back when. Now we've got six. And then you have this transfer rule, which – I don't feel like, and I was just a kid, you know, back in the day, but I don't feel like this has existed for very long, much longer than maybe the last 15, 16, 18 years where you had guys bouncing from one country to the next. Rich, do you think, is there any other dynamic that makes it more difficult to get these weights through than it may be back in the day? Well, I, I, I don't want to go there because at the end of the day, I mean, the United <laughs> States should qualify every weight class under That's any true. rule. Yep. We're wearing the most dominant. Uh, most organized, well-funded programs in the world, and I don't care what kind of qualification procedures you lay out there. We we need to qualify everybody. And yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we could talk all day about you know how it might be tougher or easier. And I, you know, that, that's that's not an excuse. We gotta, I mean, those we gotta get it done. And uh, I'm with you. I think that's that's uh, you know, I don't I don't think people want to hear about how it's tougher. I, I think the reality is we gotta do whatever we need to do to to get qualified. And if we don't get qualified, figure out why how to fix it and uh you know that's where we're at so, so, so give us the the line going into this last qualifier we got what we get two weeks and then we're going to turkey um and, and what it's, it's top two to my understanding but roughly how many countries will be showing up in each weight class well i mean that's it's it's hard to tell uh for example i think i think frank had 32 in his weight mm -hmm. uh, if i'm if i and you know so i guess in theory if you if you say that 32 minus three that that there's going to be that's how many there'll be yeah. in the weight class but we we heard some rumblings and I'll I'll give an example of where 
I think this might be true. I think there's some countries, I mean, the European qualifier was just the week before. And some countries um, didn't bring wrestlers and didn't bring their best wrestler. An example would be at Kelsey Campbell's weight. The Russian girl, Natalie Golds, is not anywhere near their number one girl. And, I mean, their number one girl at that weight is a beast. I mean, she's the the one girl that beat Yoshida in the World Cup. So, um, I I mean, we're, we're not... I mean, we're thinking that this this qualifier will be as tough, if not tougher, than than the one in uh, Ulaanbaatar. So, um, not to paint a gloom picture, but or a gloomy picture, but it's 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 going to be tough. And as you know, both you guys know, I mean, wrestling in Olympic Games is, is a is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know Terry Steiner and I were talking about it before before the event, saying you know it's going to be an eye opener for these girls when the whistle blows and some. Eastern European girl reaches over and grabs a handful of hair. They, they aren't joking around, and uh, so uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough go. I think I think we're in good position to get some more weight classes qualified. That everybody stayed in Europe, uh, with the exception of Frank. Frank came back. Uh, Kale and Cody and Bruce and our coaching staff. Bill decided you know, it, together that was the the best move for him to come back and then go back again. Yeah. Uh, but everybody else. Uh, Ravon and and uh, Jesse and and Raul all stayed over there with uh, Kelsey and 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 uh, yeah, Tamara. That, so that's a lot of extra flying with it. You know, over the course of two weeks, I, I know because I do these freaking flights all the time, and that, that'd be a beast to go from. And, and Mongolia does not have a good airport in any sense of the imagination. <laughs> to go from Mongolia back to the states, back it took to me fifty-four Istanbul. hours to get there. By the 54? way, fifty-four. What the heck did oh you go through? Wow, I had a I had a, uh, a like a fourteen hour layover, planned layover in in Beijing, uh, and then I had okay. a sixteen hour delay. Ooh, oh my gosh! Crazy. Yeah, brutal. Seriously, but so Rich, we'll, we'll keep going here because I, your time's valuable, and we enjoy having you on the show. We wanted to go through a few things um, real quickly here, and and Ben and I have always put out the disclaimer with Greco and women's wrestling that we love Greco, we love women's wrestling, but we don't feel like we have the depth of knowledge on the who's who and the names to really discuss it in earnest. So we always skip over that, but not in a not in a way that we want anyone to be offended. So we're going to stick to the freestyle Olympic team, if you don't mind. And, um, you know, I, I guess I just wanted you to, to speak to the five guys we do have on the team and what your thoughts are um on each one of these guys very briefly, um, you know, each guy and, and you know, the, the journey they've had to get here and what your expectations are or what your hopes are for them going into Rio. Um, and then we'll pr- let's, let's end with Jaden. If you don't mind, Ben, I'm sure you want to talk to yeah. him, talk about him a little bit. Sure. Well, and, and, and happy to do it. And by the way, you know, the, the, those, those athletes wrestling, those female athletes and the Greco athletes are going to earn the same amount of money, 250,000 for a gold medal. And, it's awesome in, in Rio. So obviously they're important to us too. But I, I got gotcha. you, and uh, you know this, and this, this is not without joking. I, I, I think the five athletes that we've got qualified to to go to to Rio are all set up to medal. And I, and I, and I, I don't, I don't say that from a just being cliche about it. I just, I think you know, a guy like Daniel Dennis is is you know kind of come through some adversity. And if you look back and compare him to, to Coleman Scott. Um, four years ago where, you know, came through some adversity. We qualified the weight class real late and, you know, Coleman kind of got hot at the World Cup. And I think Daniel Dennis getting hot late in the year, 
he wrestled really well in in Krasny Arsk and in you know lost a, a close match there that he probably should have won. And had he won that match, I think would have medaled in Krasny Arsk would have put you know him on the radar of a lot of people. But I mean, we saw in the in the Olympic trials, he gets on top of people, he's going to turn people. And you know, I think from his from gut now wrench to, is outstanding. Oh I mean, man, it's, it's a that's a lost art to it. Yeah, I always loved the gut wrench, but we, there's very few. American athletes that American, are beasts yeah. on top right now. I'm telling you, Daniel Dennis is qualified. I mean, he and Adeline Gray uh, qualify as beasts on top. I mean, I, I think, you know, he's he's going to surprise some people, and I don't think the moment will be too big for him. I, I think Daniel Dennis is going to go down to Rio and, and surprise some people and I think bring back a medal. Um, obviously, the next weight class that's qualified is JB. I mean, what do you say about a guy? <laughs> and I think John Smith said it really well, and if you watched any of the television broadcasts where – you know, John said Jordan's big improvements have come in his chain wrestling. Yeah. And I think if you if you look back at Jordan's match, second match with Andrew Howell, Jordan had, Burroughs had Andrew Howell leg lace before Andrew Howell knew he was leg lace. Oh, yeah. You know, no I think it was one of those situations where that guy is scary good. And, and you know, I mean, I think, you know, Jordan probably wouldn't be mad at me for saying this. Anything short of a gold medal for him is going to be a disappointment. And, no you know, he does everything right. And, you know, he's he's the face of our program. He's he's the leader of our team. Um, you know, he, he's he's the man. And, uh, and obviously, Kyle Snyder. I mean, Kyle, you know, his I – mean, it wasn't an easy road for him, right? I mean, he's, he had, when you have to knock off the reigning Olympic champion and go through a collegiate season and, um, you know, he's, he's just, you know – this this Kyle will probably get mad at me for saying this, but he doesn't know any better, right? He's gonna go out there and beat everybody and and uh, you know have fun doing. He he just loves wrestling, and you know, he's one no of the doubt. guys on the team that I think we got to throttle back from time to time. Or you know he'll 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 tra- he'll train more than he probably should, but you know he's he's uh he's just a, a great kid, and I think you know gold medal certainly you know in his future. And then you know our heavyweight Travell, I think you know Travell is just a matter of being healthy. You know, Travell's healthy. He'll medal, and uh, you know it's it's, it's you know you, it's pretty well documented. He, he struggled going into the trials, yep. and you know probably wasn't a hundred percent at the trials. And you know for him to beat uh, you know Zach Ray and, and two out of three and not really probably be a hundred percent says something about you know his character and his ability. And I think you know all five of those guys have a chance to medal. I think Frank's going to get qualified, and I think you know Frank's going to be right in the mix too. If you look back at the the at the trials and uh, I haven't forgotten Jaden, by the way, and, and <laughs> look at the, the, the path that Frank took to get to, to, to the team was pretty impressive. And I, I mean, if you, anybody, if you have a chance to go back and watch Frank's finals match at the Pan American championship with the Cuban, who we think it might be the best guy in the way. And they're both not, they weren't at that weight, but at the, at the Olympic weight, but you know, Frank went down there and won Pan Ams. I think, I think Frank Malnero is – well, I know he's really good, but I think he's going to be ready to win too. He lost a conference to match to the Turk. I mean, he, he's in there with some pretty good guys. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping he can get yeah. it through. I mean, we, we get all kinds of calls, by the way, telling us what we should do about, uh, you know, about who should be wrestling. And you know, the reality <laughs> of it is this is a, this is a system that, that we that – we, uh, landed on and, and the yeah. system we're going to go with. I mean, so I think it's, it's the most fair. You can't be having... If I'm Frank Molinaro and I'm freaking going to Rio, I don't want anyone else trying to qualify my spot. Let me do the damn job myself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, Jaden Cox, I think, 
as I said earlier in the this call, this guy's I mean, incredible, this, Rich. This I mean, guy. I one mean, month ago, as good as he is, as good as he is, I would have never predicted this in a million years. But but, but a month I did. ago, <laughs> you did, you did, and 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 but a month ago, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. And now I'm like, this guy's gonna meddle. Yeah. What well, do you? I, you know, the Rich? biggest thing about him, before Rich gets in, the biggest thing about him, why I was so confident in that prediction I made, he can wrestle everywhere. He can wrestle everywhere. You know, I mean, every position, he's comfortable, he's confident, upper body, they're on his legs, he's on their legs, he can wrestle everywhere. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's, he's going to surprise, I mean, they're already afraid of him, and it's, you know, if you, you watch his matches and how they progressed in, in, uh, in Ulaanbaatar, I mean, they know they can't out-wrestle him, they already know that, so they got, they got to figure out another way to try to, to compete with a guy that's that athletic and, and that good, and I think, you know he's he's probably parterre offense defense away from dominating, and I think you know obviously that's a good um, You know he's got some time to work on that, and uh, you know he he is and Ben as you know, and he is this a rock star of a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just you know lives does everything right, and you know it's, it was funny after the after he made the team, uh, Cody Bickley, our our national team director, was in the back talking to him and he and Coach Smith and. And Cody said, uh, "Hey, you, you got your you have a passport, right?" And no, nope. uh, <laughs> oh, I don't have a passport. And, and Coach Smith looked at Cody and said, "Hey, this dude hadn't been out of the state of Missouri two years ago." <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. But, definitely, uh, but, uh, like a I'll far ago, so that can't be true. It's Smith telling you. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will tell you a story about uh, about Jaden, and just you know, you're talking about how good of a guy he is. Um, him and a few of the other Missouri Tigers came up to our, our last camp last summer with the kids called Funky. It's our Funky Fresh Scrambling Camp. We do that, nothing but scrambling for six days. But the second day, so you know, I got, I'm the camp director, so I got to run the check in. There's 60 kids there, and I, I already knew about half of them at least going into it. So I had a pretty good idea of most of the names. But it's literally the second day of camp, and Jaden goes, Let me do this. And he named every freaking kid in the room the second day. Like wow, you know, it was like he took the time to get to know all of their names. Um, you know, a who would do that, but b on top of that, who could remember it? That's freaking impressive. It's impressive. Um, He's a special kid for yeah. sure. So hey, Rich, let's so let's talk a little bit about uh, the national team coach that that gigs up. Uh, I guess Bruce Burnett stepping down or stepping out, or or is it Slay's position? I guess because uh, Slay's going to the Pennsylvania RTC. Um, and who are we expecting to fill these positions? Are is the job hunt going? What's going on? Yeah, so so two positions are going to be open. Uh, Brandon Slay's uh, developmental coaching position will open up. Uh, Brandon will will finish his his term here at USA Wrestling after the the Cadet Worlds. So he'll, or I'm sorry, the, the yeah, the Cadet Worlds is after the Junior Worlds. So yeah. uh, he'll go to he'll go to Macon, uh, France, with the junior team, and then to Tbilisi with the cadet team and then he'll he'll uh go to work for the Penn RTC and we'll be replacing that that position uh later in the in the summer and uh after we hire uh Bruce's replacement and that process is right now ongoing uh we've we've narrowed the list down to the six that we'll do some uh phone interviews with here next week you and can't then, give us uh, any names can you give us some <laughs> initials at least well, I, I, I don't. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I can. I'll give you initials. 
and uh, and I won't I won't say uh, A B C D um, F G H. Maybe I shouldn't do this, but I, I mean, just to have fun, I guess I will. Yeah, of course. All right. So, so cool. let's see. S K J H T B L R B D. Let me see who else. K M. Oh wow. So the, I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's put it this way. That's some good names. Those are in all there. initials of people that we'd like to talk to about the position, whether or not they've actually said they would do it. So you guys, you guys are recruiting then. It's not just whoever applies applies. You guys are going out and trying to recruit who you think will do the best job. Certainly, certainly. We and our, our I mean, we, we've we've closed up the the, the process, so I, I don't think that uh, that we'll probably go outside of that pool at this point. Okay. Do you have a timeline, um, but, Rich? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do phone interviews here next week and narrow it down to uh, two or three or maybe four candidates for in-person interviews that we'll do towards the end of May. And our okay. goal is to have the next uh, national freestyle coach named by uh, the World Cup in uh, in June. And then, so, so will, will he? I'm sorry, Tommy. Will he? Will he help with the? Getting ready for Rio yep. process, or will he take over yep, after that's that? The, that's the whole the whole vision was that we'd have the new coach on board, that they would go to Rio with our team, be embedded with their team. Uh, Bruce is the, I mean, without question, Bruce will be the head coach of that team in Rio. And but the the vision is that this coach will be there every step of the way, and you know, closing ceremonies, we're off and running with our next coach. Wow. Nice. And then right after that, you'll be looking to fill Brandon's position, which is a resident Well, and, coach. I, and I don't I, I tell you, we, 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 we may, we'll talk to the new coach, uh, you know, in theory, if we get that coach done, uh, coach name in mid-June, um, you know, we'll have, you know, obviously a couple of months to decide what, what to do. I think, I mean, there's a, I mean, obviously there's a school of thought that that developmental coach is probably associated with a, with a collegiate team somewhere to, so to be sensitive to you know, not plucking somebody out of a program after the season starts is, yep. you know, part of the reason why we, we, we ran this process this way is that we, we knew that, you know, many of the applicants were going to be uh, working with collegiate programs and we didn't want to disrespect, you know, the athletes or, or the programs and cause any distractions prior to the NCAAs in, in New York city. So that's why we went with that time frame. but yeah. we think it's uh Great opportunity, and I mean, you guys both were around, have been around Bruce Burnett. I think it's a, He's the a great opportunity to to have a coach be around him too. So we think it's a it's a good plan. Hey, Rich, and I know this is difficult um, in the position that you're in, but trying your best to not give us a, a a blase answer, which is difficult with this question. But what do you think you want to see most out of out of a national team coach when you're when you're interviewing all these folks? Well, I mean, without question, and, I know, and this is cliche to say it because I think you know people say it all the time that we want to, you know, we want a CEO running our program. But I mean, that's that's an element of this that I think is important. And I think you know, if you look at a guy like Zeke Jones when he was in the position, Zeke really, really understood that um, mentality and, and did a mm-hmm. great job. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that can coach, right? I mean, we, we right. know that yeah. we can, you know, not to certainly disrespect or make light of having coaching skills because it's you know. We're we're blessed in this country to have a lot of very 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 talented uh, coaches, but I think you know there's an administrative piece that we're going to certainly look to to get filled here. And you know, I mean, I guess today's count 44 regional training centers that we're going to need to 
uh, coordinate and, and work with because you know that that is our pipeline right now. I mean, right. And uh, do you, you know, think so, you, do you want do you want your do you want or do you think the coach needs to live in Colorado? With that being said, or do they need to be mobile around the country? So, so I think the answer is he needs to live here. And this, and and you know, I say that with you know, not in in, in stone because you know we might right. sit down in these interviews and say hey, this, you know, this makes sense to to have a different uh, you know setup, but. Right. You know, I, I think right now our, our vision is that the coach would live here, and our vision is that the coach and uh, you know the assistant coach right now, Bill Zadick's in that role, uh, will you know be on the road a lot and uh, and in being as have as close a relationship as possible with as many regional trainers regional training centers as possible. So, um, I mean, this 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 is a is not an easy job, and, and it's. You know, unfortunately, a lot of a lot of time away from home, and you know, a lot of time on the road, and you know. But I think relationships, and and I mean, you guys know it better than I do. I mean, it's it's important for the national coach to have a relationship with all the, you know the personal coaches and club coaches and regional training center coaches and college coaches out there. I mean, they, we're we're all on the same team when it comes this time of year, and you know, we need a coach that can. Yeah, you, know, you got to manage a lot too. of egos. I mean, these guys these guys are coming out of multiple regional training centers where their coach at that regional training center is an Olympic champion. He's a great coach in his own right, and this national team coach has got to sit above the fray and keep everyone happy, motivated, inspired, and operate as a team. And to your point, I mean, that's like a there's a little bit of CEO element to that because well, for sure, and, you're and just the other thing, Tommy, out, you know, the other thing is that you know they got to be able to to customize a plan for the athlete. And, you know, we know, I mean, you know, the famous story, you know, Bruce, Bruce Baumgarten didn't, didn't, wasn't on the same training schedule as John Smith. I mean, these guys <laughs> train differently. Yeah, that's a good and, point. and obviously, you know, one, and, and, and our coach needs to be able to customize a program. And still, I mean, that's, that's, that's a gift to do that because as you guys both know, I mean, I kind of feel intimidated talking to you guys about this and you know it better than I do. It's, I mean, the reality of it is, you got to manage the team, and you know if Ben Askren's not doing what Tommy Rollins is doing. The team's got to understand why and not start to create animosity within the ranks. And yep. I think that takes that's a skill, and, no and it takes a, a gift to do it. Hundred percent. Hey, you should apply for this job, Rich. You're, an, you're answering all the questions <laughs> the right way. <laughs> well, he's got to know what the, you know he wants to hear from these guys. Let, let me ask you one question, Rich, and we'll let you go because we've caught, kept you on here quite a while. Um, and you know what? I, you and I have had this conversation off air, obviously. But um, you know, I want to I want to see what you think your role or USA Wrestling's role in is promoting the U.S. Open and the, the trials, essentially. Because in my opinion, those are the biggest events that international style wrestling has in America. Um, and if you look at the NCAA championships, obviously with the help of the NCAA, uh, it's been built up to this phenomenal weekend, huge event. Um, and I don't think that the trials or the Open hold those statuses yet. So what do you think um, USA Wrestling's job is in promoting those events and possibly, you know, I don't know if you're going to give them an NCAA level, but making them bigger, cooler, more fan-friendly, all that stuff? Okay, well, well, uh, certainly I think we have a responsibility to promote and, and to grow those events and, and make them as relevant as possible. And, you know, without, without question, um, you know, we haven't achieved success the success that that we we should yet i think you know we've 
we've kind of drifted uh, out of that. Um, if you if you were to go to the U.S. Open today as opposed to even five years ago, yeah. we've drifted away from that kind of Las Vegas Convention Center feel where mm-hmm. you know who knows what's going on, and it's just I mean we we. We really classify our events into two different categories. We classify them into participatory events and spectator events. And we don't have okay. a lot of spectator events. Our, our spectator events have been, you know, really world dual meets and Olympic trials. And, you know, uh, as of late, you know, some some world Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me, Tommy? I can hear you. I think we're rich as in rough rich. service. Can you hear me? Oh, we got you. We back. got you. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we yeah. lost for about ten seconds, Rich. So I don't know where where you lost me, but um, you're talking about participatory yeah. events and spectator events, and how the yeah. spectator events are trials, world duels, and then we kind of lost you. Yeah. So, and the World Cup fits in there as a as a as a spectator event, and the and the U.S. Open has been more a participatory event in 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 our strategy to to run the event. We're just trying to get as many of the top people as we can there. We we try to do it with uh, some junior events and some veterans events to try to you know, make the event work financially, and it, it tends to be more of a wrestling tournament. And I agree with you, Ben, totally. The U.S. Open, I mean, you look at the quality of competition at our U.S. Open, it deserves to have you know, 10,000, 15,000 people at it. And, and we, we've struggled with that. We've struggled with kind of changing the culture. Um, you know, I think you know, the NC2A really, really, really benefits from you know, that tradition and that, you know, I mean, X number of guys, we're going to the NCAs every year to yeah. support us. And, you know, without that kind of team uh, connection or connectivity, it's been, it's been a struggle, not an excuse. It's just, it's, it's been, been a little bit of a struggle. We've tried TV. We've, um, you know, social media has made, I think made a, made a, a difference for us. And obviously uh, partnering with, with organizations like flow to help us, kind of create heroes and create relevancy around the event it's kind of helped us gain a little momentum and right and, you know, if you went to the to the u.s nationals not i mean we didn't have a u.s nationals really this year yeah, but this year. last year at the at the south point i mean when you got to the finals it felt like a it felt like an event it felt like a spectator event i mean we had smoke and music and and uh you know the setting was the presentation of the sport was was where it should be and hopefully making those kinds of changes can help us change the culture to make, you know, the sport that relevant because you and I both know, I mean, it's, you know, the quality of competitions there. And I, you know, not to certainly, I love the NCAA tournament as much as anybody, but you know, the Jordan Burroughs isn't wrestling in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, I think yeah. it's, uh, you know, I think there's, there's things that we need to do to try to be creative as well. That's, I mean, we've talked about, uh, you know, international, uh, opening it up to international competition. And if that, would help us accomplish our our goal of raising its relevancy and still, you know, ultimately being part of our team selection process. Rich, what what about something. what about thinking way outside of the box? Have you? And I'm sure you guys do this every now and again. You, you try to get three hundred thousand feet in the air, but what about having the U.S. Open at a different time of year? Have you entertained that or discussed that? And and what are the challenges? Because I seem I feel well, like maybe if you had a different time of the year, you might have a better chance of of drawing in the casual wrestling fan. And, and, and Tommy, that's, I mean, the, the, we've been stuck in that box just because of the international calendar and our, and our coaches kind of backing up from when the world championships are to when we, we need to do our, 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 uh, U.S. Open. So, I mean, I think it's something we should certainly consider and, and look at. I think, you know, I'll give you an example of, 
kind of getting together in, in, a, in a think tank scenario and, and kind of some good things happening. A couple of years ago, Ben, you were part of this. Yeah. Uh, we went down with our senior staff to, to the Flow headquarters in Austin and just spent a day just thinking out of the box, like you said. And, and the result of that was kind of totally changing our, our Greco-Roman selection procedures where we had the U.S. Open, we narrowed it down to just two people. So we had then the final wrestle-offs in, in, at Cornell, in, you know, in a kind of a made-for-TV environment. And I think, I mean, I think that's a, that's a format that we can, we can probably uh, learn from that and, and maybe apply to freestyle and right. you know make it more spectator but I, I i mean i don't think that that it's we we need to keep our minds open to everything and, and the only reason we haven't is that just kind of backing up from from the from the world championships and you know trying to decide when it makes the most sense from a just a scheduling perspective but i i think if it you know we got to continue to think out of if the box. you if you hold an event in a, in a geographic location or a venue where you have success whether it be a U.S. Open or a World Team Trial or a World Cup or whatever it is, do you feel uh, obligated to go back right away, or do you like to spread the wealth around the country? Because I've always wondered, like, you know, the Olympic trials in Iowa City are tremendous. I would assume that the World Team Trials wouldn't be the same, but it would be still pretty good. Maybe we should consider continuing to go back to Iowa City, or do you think that that's counterintuitive to – you know, growing the sport and getting that national fan base. Well, I mean, I think it, you know you could you could interject Olympic trials with the NCAA tournament and have the same conversation. I'm I'm a a, a fan and believe in in rotating events around uh, to different geographic locations around the country, especially events like the NCAA tournament and the Olympic trials that that has a built-in audience. I mean, we you know I mean I think we can probably take the U.S. Olympic trials anywhere in the country and you know probably draw five six thousand people. Uh, I think, you know, obviously the NCAA tournament's one of those events that, uh, is resistant, you know, pretty much geographic resistant to anything. I mean, they can go to wherever and I think we'll, we'll, we'll do well. Although, you know, I don't think we can, it'll say do what you always did and get what you always got isn't necessarily true in wrestling. I think, you know, we got to continue to, to look at ways to, to think out of the box. But to answer your question, I, I, I think it makes sense to rotate and you, you like to rotate. You know, we, we, we love Iowa City and we love, uh, you know, all that, that, community has done for for the olympic trials and raising its relevancy and you know i think it it started and you know we we, we really um if you look back in in 1996 when the freestyle olympic trials were in spokane washington was really i mean when you you, you look back and, and mark your calendar that was when the olympic trials really became an event we had a pretty right. good olympic trials in in pittsburgh the the quad before but you know we had 10,000 people in spokane washington it was kind of unheard of and i think you know we, cool. we've yeah we we've done pretty well with the event i mean it, it's not as we didn't do as well in, in las vegas and i think it was important for us to to go back to kind of the heartbeat of our sport to breathe a little more life into the olympic trials and you know whether we're there again next time or not i mean i think that remains to be seen but i mean i think uh you know it's you know we have an obligation for those event rights holders to use those events to, to grow the sport so I'm a fa- I'm a uh, fan of of rotation. Not not saying that we're going to rotate the Olympic trials out of Iowa City, but right. uh, I think it makes sense. Uh, you know, a little bit of a hypocrite when you look back at our big properties, right? Our junior nationals have been in Fargo, North Dakota, forever, and our U.S. Open has been in in uh, Las Vegas forever. But you know, I think uh, you know, in the pure and perfect world, you rotate it because I think it it provides a lift to the community that's that's that it's in and. 
Um, you know, I think the NCAs is, is the greatest tool for us to do that, in my opinion. But uh, just because it's, you know, it, it just has that built-in culture and following that, um, you know, I think the fact that the NCAs were in New York City this year probably provided more of a lift to that event moving forward than any any event, any event in the last probably 10 years. And the reason I say that is I think there were a lot of the traditional wrestling community, and it's, it's pretty well publicized that the the demographics around the NCAA championship fan is getting older, right? I mean, it's, it's we're not replenishing uh, that fan base with younger, newer fans. And I think when we move to a location like New York City that's a little bit out of the box, some of the traditional wrestling community, and I think it was, you know, kind of the perfect storm. We had you know, the Olympic trials in Iowa. So we had a, you know, a great wrestling event in the heartbeat of our country in the Midwest. And a lot of, of the traditional wrestling fans didn't go to the, to the NCAA right. championship. And I think, you know, 19,740 people went. So I think we're going to see the NCAA championships uh, next year. And in, in, in St. Louis be, you know, one of the most sought after tickets maybe ever. And as a result of that, so, um, you know, I think it's, it, it, it's important to, to rotate around. I think that was a long way of answering your question. Nice. Gotcha. Well, uh, we appreciate you for coming on, Rich. Uh, are you making the trip to Istanbul here in two weeks? I'm not gonna. Okay. I, I am not. Les Gutch is, is going. Um, but, uh, hey, I got I got something I want to throw out there to you guys. Sure. I want you to, I want yeah, you to let's do it. So, I had a meeting with... Uh, an, uh, President Lalovich on, on Sunday in, in Ulan Bartur and I and I I threw out the the idea of more weight classes. That's, yeah, not that that's a new idea. That's, that's great. That's really you know a new what? idea. That's great. And, and but but I want I want to get your guys' thought. I want you to I want to give you an assignment. Okay. And uh, so um, here and here's my my thought. My thought is you know we 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 need ten weight classes. That's I, I mean, I think that's the right number. I think yeah, over yeah. history. I mean, I mean, I'd like yeah. to have more, but I think you know, ten is the right number. I, I don't have any any science to prove that to be true, but yeah. I just think it's the right right thing. So, what, my conversation with Lalovich is, you know, it's always been resistant to. Well, you know, we it's really going to be hard to us to to grow the Olympic Games. I mean, we're stuck on this three hundred and thirty. 34 number or whatever it is and you know it's just really hard to to get more weight class and i said so why do we stunt the growth of our sport based on the qualifications of one event every four years yeah why, why do that I mean, if they say six weight class six weight classes then it's one event yeah but if we were to go to 10 weight classes and my thought being if we went to 10 weight classes and then we selected six weight classes that weren't some of the 10 so in other words and i just in my oh, on the flight sick. home i was yeah. just jotting down some ideas so so let's just, for example, say the men, the ten men's weight classes were. Um, where's my notes here? Well, you know, I think I mean I just have to. I've, we've talked about this before, Tommy and I. And I know um, number one, the the top two are, are too high. There's, I mean, there's not that many good guys at that. At that two thirteen weight class, no matter where you look at, is the least participated in weight class on the planet in the na- in the nation in the region wherever you look at it. That is, um, and then number two would be. <clears throat> That gap between 74 kilo and 86 kilo is freaking enormous. I mean, that is like just so insane. So, um, you know, yeah, those so, would so be here, two here, So here's my assignment for you. So sure. 10 weight classes and six weight classes that aren't part of the 10. That So so an athlete could, in, in theory, wrestle three of the four years, 
in, in one of the 10 weight classes and have a legitimate shot, either to cut down yeah. or, or or go, go up. up. Right. And I, I just think, you know, the, the problem that we had this last time, and, and luckily we were able to get UWW to go to eight weight classes, so there was a small win in this whole uh, adjustment. But I think if they're the same weight class, so in other words, if you say, hey, there's these are the 10 weight classes and there's six of the Olympic weights, that I think you then have kind of a disproportionate amount of uh, depth and disproportionate amount of depth in those six Olympic weights, whereas yeah. if you had yeah. them, strategically placed within the tent yeah i know what you're saying people could could stay engaged throughout the the whole quad and i think you know i had a conversation with stan desic about it and, and you know stan's well you know you want to do that just because in the you know the u.s will be able to feel the you know strong team in all 10 and, and that's true but all, but all the, the good countries think about, well but think about that those smaller countries that might only have you know one guy at at you know maybe it's you know, in one of those in-between weight classes. And, yeah. you know, and, and they're not, you know, he's not going to get a chance, whereas if you have 10, you have a better chance of, and you guys know that if you're a world Definitely. champion, it's Definitely. a big deal no matter what country you're in. Yeah, and, uh, So, I mean, that's... So, so that's what you're saying, Rich, is, is in, the, in the non-Olympic years, the 10 weights, not any one of them are one of the six Olympic weights. Correct. So that there's more... There's less yeah. of a, a there's less of a gravitational pull to wrestle at the Olympic weight. You don't even have the option, so it's more proportionately yeah. distributed across all ten. Yeah. So so here's my yeah. You know, just give me an example. So if the first two weights, and I'm not saying that this would be the first two weights. Let's say the first two weights were 119 and 125, right. and then the, the the Olympic weight would be 122. So you know the kids at 119 could go up, and the kids at 125 could go down. Now. Right, I mean that's right. That's right. kind of the theory, yeah, and no, it could good. be a stupid theory, but I, I, I uh, I'm going to do it tonight. I, think it, I like that a lot. I love your answer in no time. <laughs> we should bring it up on so the next. He, episode. So he said, "Give me a proposal." So I'm, I'm working on it, and uh, you'd love to have you guys work on it too, Rich. Since we're thinking out of the box, and I think that's, a, I think you're exactly right. I, I've never looked at it that way, but. When you have that Olympic weight and then you just add to in the non-Olympic years, there is a disproportionate uh, distribution of talent across the weight classes. And if we just didn't have that available, you know, you'd have people going whatever weight was best for them. So I, I agree. I like it. And, and Ben and I are going to – we are going to take you up on that assignment. Rich, Another thing, I, I, I got a great answer for you right now, Rich. And this is very – 10 weights. You want to hear this? This is really simple. I've just been jotting my notes Okay. Down. I'm writing down. And because you don't, you want to keep it as simple, like the MMA weight classes, they're really simple. They're every 15 pounds, every 10 pounds, you know? And it's a simple You start at 55 kilos, which is an old weight class, um, and you go every 5 kilos all the way to 95 kilos, which is 209 pounds, and then you put a heavyweight at 125. So you got 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80. 85, 90, 95, and then the heavyweight at 125. So it, you know it's simple. Every every five kilos, there's a new weight class, and um, I, I would say that'd be pretty simple for people to keep track of. What do you think? And you could and you could put the heck. You even you could. Well, I don't want to say this, but you could even theory cut the five Olympic weights. No, we wouldn't want to do that. But uh, I got I got I got an idea. So we need ten weights, and we currently we need ten weights in the World Championship years, and we've got six Olympic weights. Nobody at two thirteen in heavyweight. Nobody's wrestling uh, another weight class in the non-Olympic years. You wrestle that weight all four years, so we ignore those guys. We don't accommodate them. Two thirteen in heavyweight stays the same. So you've got two weight classes, right? 
Then we take the the balance of the four Olympic weights and we do what you suggested, Rich, where we make one weight class a little bit higher than the Olympic weight and one weight class a little bit lower. And those four weights now have two. So, you know, you, you spread it out. So you still have 10, but you're accommodating the four Olympic weights that are spread out by making new ones plus or minus. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. I, I, I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd like to have some science behind it. You know, I, and I, I don't know if that's... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've uh, seen someone's done... I've already seen articles on that with how many people are what weights and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, participation yeah, the thing that's and, really difficult to find is, is our studies on athletes. I mean, you can, you can find all kinds of studies on the... You know what is the world um, health organization? Yeah, right, um, but they're not built like what, you know rocks. You know, yeah, exactly yeah. to your point, athletes. Yeah, and so the other and the other thing I I, I wanted to chat with you guys about is is uh, Martin Floriani rule, which I think is a good one, uh, and that's the overtime. I mean, I think you know, everybody you say overtime to some of the UWW guys, and they they pass out and start falling on the ground. But um, you know, Martin came up with the idea. Of, you know, and, 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 and we were talking about it at the Olympic trials, and, and everybody watched the the Coleman Scott yeah, uh, Tony Ramos. Ramos match, where again, you know, we're in Olympic trials in Iowa City, and the fans were confused on who was who won. And uh, you know, Martin's Martin's proposal is pretty simple. That instead of you know, you can have your criteria that will you know ultimately give an advantage to some wrestler, but at the end of the of the regulation, whoever has the criteria then the other guy is put on the clock. So you go 30 seconds, and if there's no score, the guy that had the criteria wins. If you know anybody scores at any point before that, then it's a sudden sudden victory mentality. Yeah. But I think I that, like that gives – the thing I like about it is it gives the announcer and the coaches and everybody a time to kind of catch their breath and say, okay, you know, who's winning? And, and you know, the, the – the, uh, the, the contrary to that, and, and it was the resistance I got this weekend in in uh, Mongolia was, you know, and then athletes will start to, you know, wrestle differently, and you know, I'll just wait till overtime, or you know, there won't be that yeah. same sense of urgency. So, I mean, I think there's probably some some merit to that. I'll tell you what, I'm really proud to say is I had that conversation with Lalovich, and he said to me, Rich, we can't change rules anymore. That's one oh, thing we learned. Oh, we that's great. From, that's great. From uh, from our past is you know we can't be changing rules and I so I, I mean I'm a little bit conflicted there. I I you know I, I agree. I like that, that he's but. he's taking he's drawing a line in the sand even though I wish we would have you know made that rule before we, you know what I mean. But I, I like the 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 mentality is good from our leader. I like yeah. that. Don't, if they're not going to change it, I can live I can live with the way it is. If they say we're not going to change it, that's what I can live with. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know. Well, Rich, thanks so much for coming right? on. We really appreciate hey, having you on. We know your time's limited. My pleasure, man. I had a whole list of things I want to talk to you guys about, but I guess we'll do it another time. You want to come back on next week? You <laughs> we'll have, we'll have you back on. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, let's let's do it another okay, time. I, in I, short I, uh, order. Yeah, I, I would like to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, Ben, I know you cracked on our on our International Federation a lot. I wanted to. Oh, yeah. I wanted to stand on here and defend them a little bit i think okay. there's they've been they've made some some good changes not that you know we all can't get better and that they're per, they're far from perfect believe me yeah but uh you know i think it's uh i tell you it's 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 kind of an exciting time i think we we finally have an international federation that whether they have the capacity to to make the improvements they need to, to make or not 
I think they certainly have the mentality to try to do it. So nice. um, that's a good thing. And, you know, I, I think, uh, right, we have a, a lot of things that the sport needs to pay attention to here on our, on our home soil. I mean, our participation is, you know, we, we tend, we are, you know, consistently breaking records. We have more members today than ever before in our history and our coaches numbers are, are through the roof, but participation in our sports, not, and you look at the high school and, and, and junior high levels, the numbers aren't, aren't growing. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit scary. I think in, yeah, in this day of sports specialization, our sports losing that battle, just because our, that's hard, right? We all know it's, we know that, that it makes everybody that participates better, but it's hard. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think those are a lot of topics that we need to probably get out there and, and talk about. Well, Rich, do you want to come back on next week? We haven't picked our guest next week. All right. I think I could come on next All week. Right. You want to... Part Let's two, Rich Bender. So, yeah, next we're going to do a part two because, hey. you know, we, we're, trying to, we're trying to do an, an hour, hour show. But, yeah, but we, but we, we want we want to be a forum, Rich, where this we want this to be a forum where we just have real conversations. And so if you want to keep talking more about all this stuff, we, we would love to have that conversation. Yeah. I can't wait for it. Hey, so so let me ask you. I'll do. I ask you one favor. I, I, can I? Can we do it not next week? I mean, I told you I was available next week. Sure. But how about Tommy? You and I, or Ben? You and I can figure out. Let me let me just look at a, a schedule. Uh, and, uh, and it might not be next week, but I, I promise I, w- I would love to come on. Yeah, okay. for sure. We'll do, whenever we'll do, whenever you whenever, can. whenever you want to in the next, you know, let's call it eight weeks. We'll get it done. Yeah, let's do Good it. Call. All right, thank you, Rich. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks for what you're doing. No thanks, problem. Bob. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. Yeah, Tommy, we've we've had some stuff on the docket here in the last couple weeks, and we've gone so long with our guests that we haven't got to freaking go at it. Listen, I I, I like having, that was a lot of good stuff. I was a lot of good stuff, and I feel bad cutting Rich off because know, right. But it's like you know we're trying to stick to sixty minutes. We're going to go over. This will be our longest episode ever. But I no, want to have we, back we've had an hour twenty one. I don't. I, we got we got one argument to have essentially. Listen, but here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Rich Bender, you know, he is in a leadership position where a lot of comments get thrown um, at the at the at the leadership level with USA Wrestling. We've all been in those conversations. Yep. You can't say that you haven't. Yeah, and. He is can. he is very informed. I, I always love talking to him. It, he was he was a very informative guest. He knows his stuff and he doesn't dodge questions. In fact, he indirectly said, "I want to keep talking. Yeah, let's let's talk about more stuff. Let's get juicier." And so, I'm excited. I want to have him back on the show. I'm glad he wants to be back on the show, and we'll, we'll get we'll get it done here in the next six or seven All weeks. Right. I love that Lalovich doesn't want to change the rules. That's fantastic. I and really I, hope I hate, he's open to this ten weight class thing. It's kind of a good idea. It um, is a good idea. That was Rich's idea. And the other thing yep. is this Ben, I hate the fact that there's no overtime, but I like the fact that Lalovich yes. said that to Rich. That is that is leadership, that is understanding um the parameters of the situation that you're in, taking the good with the bad. And that's true. We don't want to keep changing the rules. So I yeah. wish that we I wish that we had overtime. So that we didn't have to have the conversation, but I I agree with what he's saying to some extent. Hundred percent. So okay, hey, let's go to the Spencer Lee topic. This gotcha. is what we got to hit. We want to talk about this last week. Talk about this week because the Tony Ramos thing ties in. Now I'm going to warn you, Tommy. I, I've done my homework. Okay, are let's you, do. Are it. you ready? So I don't think Spencer Lee and Gavin Teasdale to Iowa is a game changer because 
I don't think You're so you can out recruit it. Now let me let me give you my statistics here, Tommy. Iowa had the number one recruiting class in two thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, two thousand two thousand ten. They had the number two class in twenty twelve. So it's not like this would be the first time they've had a great recruiting class, right? Well, and on top of that, wait, 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 on top of that, the other two high level guys they've signed to or got committed in these future classes are the same exact weight classes. So they got four really high level guys, but they can't all wrestle. You can't have two twenty fives and two thirty threes, right? So with four high level guys, you only be able to cover two weight classes. So it's not who you recruit, it's how they perform. And on top of that, and I and I know it's important to you guys, but Chael Sonnen said this one thing. It's not how much money you make. It's how much you keep, right? Right. If you look through these recruiting rankings, um, I'm on d1collegewrestling.net, but there's other places you can find them. Man, there are so many busts in here. I mean, look look at Iowa's number one class, right? In 2010, they had the number one class. They had, Tommy, they had seven guys within the pound-for-pound top 100. No, I'm sorry, within the top 79. They got... Mike Evans, Nick Moore, Josh Jeva, Bobby Telford, Jake Baldwin. Yeah, but, but here's, Kelly, here's the thing, Ben. I, you're, you're, you've got good points, okay? But Spencer Lee is one of those types of guys. Sure, he'll score 20 it, points for no, him. No, 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 it's not. that You're missing the – here's the deal. There aren't many recruits that come along where you say, ain't nobody going to beat that guy. And I think – that you can say that about Spencer Lee. No, come on. I think Dane he is, can beat him. Yeah, I think he's Logan Steber esque. I think he's David Taylor, Kyle Dake. Yes, but then I was going to put him in this box and shut down his offense. That's I, I mean don't. that's the issue. That, that's Iowa's Tommy. That's Iowa's issue. Iowa's issue is not that they can't recruit. They've had a number one class and a number two class in very recent history. None of those, neither of those classes were able to get the job done. Their their issue is the last. Like, they, they, haven't had, they haven't had a recruit like Spencer Lee since Brent Metcalf, and he worked out pretty good. Yeah, but he, one guy can't win. A, one guy can't win a championship. I know, but you build around that type of guy. Ask Ohio State if they enjoyed Logan Steber being around. Ask Missouri but I'll tell, look, if they enjoyed this, Ben uh, Askren being around. Ask I agree. Ask uh, Cornell if they enjoyed. Tra- this is that type of dynamic. And you, the other thing we've got, you've got Gavin Teasdale. And then you've got Nelson Brands, and something tells me he's going to have a Hawkeye singlet on, yeah. and he's probably going to be pretty good. He's sure. a sophomore state champ. So to me, I personally thought Iowa wrestling, dare I say, was about to enter uh, a stratosphere they haven't been in. For They've already entered it. They haven't won in five years, and they took fifth place this year. I don't know if they'd already entered it. I think they were they were going to enter it. And I mean, I still think they're going to, because Tommy, we, we diagnosed this problem. The, the problem is, I was in this little box, and they're not teaching their wrestlers how to effectively get to leg attacks and finish. All of Iowa's wrestlers are scared to attack the legs. With Penn State's guys, you don't see that. And they've, what Penn State's done is they've taken a few of these good recruits, and they've made them freaking animals. I mean, my God, some of, you know, Nolf, uh, Rutherford, these guys are good in high school, but, Cadet World Champ, Rutherford was a Cadet World Champ coming out of, uh, you know, that that was uh, that was a uh, Rutherford was, um, what's his head? The guy that we're talking about is going Iowa. He was a Spencer Lee. No, he wasn't the number one ranked in his class. He was below that. I'm looking at it right now. It was uh, he was third. Bo Jordan, Adam Coons, in Rutherford. But then you got someone like Ben Whitford, fourth. You know, he hasn't done anything, obviously. Um, And so you know, it's. There's a lot of these guys in the top 
15, 20, 30 that, uh, you know, they didn't do much. They went to college and they didn't do much. So it, 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 yes, I'll give you. Spencer Lee's going to be a superstar. I'll give you that one. I've right? never seen this teased Dale guy wrestle, but I heard he's not far off he's the good. page. He's real deal. But, um, but like I said, then they got the Mejia and the Renteria, but those guys are the same weight classes as Teasdale and, uh, and Lee. You got so, Nelson Brands, too. I mean, <laughs> that's a big deal. He's Terry's kid, right? Yeah, he won the state. But what of the if Terry one. goes? What if Terry moves to Colorado and defects from Iowa? Then what? He's still going to wrestle in Iowa. Are you sure? What, yeah. if, what if Terry's got heat over the Ramos situation now? I don't think he's got. Are heat you sure? Over. No. <laughs> uh, yes, I am sure. Are you? How sure are you? Because blood runs thicker, baby. <laughs> so you're saying Iowa's going to win a national title with Spencer Lee? I did not say that. Okay, well I'm trying to get you. What, what, okay. are, you, what are you saying? Well, then? Spencer Lee's going to stop. I am Duh. saying. I am saying that Iowa wrestling just punched Ohio State and Penn State and Okie State in the gut in the offseason. They didn't, it's not the death blow. It's, it doesn't make them better than Penn State right now. Penn State's the best. It doesn't even make them better than Ohio State. I'm just saying that every single one of those guys would have taken Spencer Lee. Of course. Well, yeah. If they could offer them two scholarships, they would offer them two scholarships because. <laughs> You you well, you don't that's a little bit of a stretch. Two <laughs> scholarships, damn. This guy is like Steber, Taylor, Dake. Well, Dake wasn't even that big of a deal. No, it was not coming out of high school. But well, let's see, I, I can find this. I think uh, Mako coming out of high school. It's like the guy's gonna win. Well, you know, th- that's graduate. that's Spencer Lee. So I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, okay. listen, you're, you're you're throwing stones. There's some merit in the in the spit you're 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 throwing. I'm just saying, you've got to be honest with me here, Ben. Signing Spencer Lee, anybody can build around that. Anybody. It's, a, it's a big deal, but it's listen. It's it's not. You're not diagnosing the problem. You got to diagnose the problem if you want the system to be fixed. And they're not diagnosing the problem. They're trying to put band aids on it. Spencer Lee's a band aid, and he's a damn good band aid. By the way, but I don't you, like the, I don't like the chill sonnet analogy where it's not how much money you uh, make; it's oh, how much. Of course, it is. It's how much you keep because. I don't like it when you see these people that 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 um, do well for themselves, but they hoard it. It's just who cares if you. Well, no, he's talking it. about professional athletes that go buy. Right, they, they win sixty thousand dollars in a fight, so they go buy a sixty thousand dollars Escalade, neglecting the fact that they're going right. to pay their manager okay, taxes okay. about half. I that thought amount. you were talking about some guy that you know does well <laughs> for himself, and he logs on every morning and stares at his four hundred one k, but no, doesn't, no, but no. doesn't go do f- fun things in life. No, we're talking about professional athletes that waste their money. Too <laughs> okay, well. yeah, I got it. I get, I get it now. I'm okay. with you. You wouldn't do that, right? Win sixty thousand. Go. I, I literally know the person. I won't say his name, but I know the guy. Won sixty thousand dollars, went and bought a sixty thousand dollar car. What about taxes and and your manager, bruh? Yeah, you, you just got to do one. You got to do one small. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. But <laughs> when you when you win a prize or you get a bonus or something good happens for you, I feel like you just got to do one small foolish thing just to let it out. And, yeah. and that doesn't mean buying a Mercedes Benz. I'm talking sure. about like go a small vacation somewhere. Yeah, or hey, man, I'm gonna go buy a. Steak dinner with my wife, sure, and have, sure. you know, kind of pretend that I'm a big dog for for three hours, hey, and then I'm, then back back down to earth, you know, the next morning or something yeah, like that. Of course. Um, all right, let's wrap it up, Tommy. Uh, me and you, you tired, more Ben? Time. No, you t- I'm not tired. I'm going to Atlanta tomorrow morning. Break, I'm teaching a little wrestling break. camp. I'm putting the rock sign in my hand and calling Stalin on you right now. I just I just crushed you. <laughs> you know, I diagnosed the problem. You just you're putting on band aids. So we're gonna have Rich Bender cool. back on though, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I think he wants to get down. I think he wants to to really talk about the things that that are obviously um, discussed. And and it's not like we weren't going to go there. We just when we asked a question, we we talked about it for 20 minutes. So it took yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, he's got a lot to say. So yeah, we're him on. Maybe next week. Maybe the week after. Um, I know I talked to Isaiah Martinez. He wants to come on. So. We'll have a good guest. What do we got? We got UWW's juniors this weekend, which we were going to do a little preview for, but I guess we ran out of time. So, uh, Hey, I just want to give you props, though, Ben. What's up? Um, I got to give you props on Jaden Cox. I'm going to start calling him Jaden. He's our <laughs> He's our <laughs> He had to make an Olympic team to get called Jaden. Listen, I am drinking the Jaden Cox Kool-Aid right now, big time. Nice. This guy, I mean. He's you, an animal. You, let's, just, let's just backtrack here, Ben. When was the last time someone – Stepped onto the scene with no legitimate experience at that level, and beat, and won the won the open or won the trials, and then went overseas and went five and zero. Oh. When was the last time that happened? You oh, know the last well, time. I will happened. tell you, Tommy. I will tell you. Um, you know, had Kyle Snyder not fall started in the and the ref let him do it in the semifinals of last oh, year's U.S. Uh, open, Jaden you know, probably no, would have no. beat him. Nobody cares. It was about a false start. Missouri fans. Nobody cares. It was cares. a freaking false start. Nobody you know. cares. Enjoy your little asterisks in the Mizzou media guy. <laughs> no, not not at the NCAA. He's at the U.S. Open. <laughs> at the U.S. Open. Oh, geez. Okay. At the, he won four, Snyder won four to two, and he false started. So it. listen to this, though. Yeah, ben. Jordan. You're gonna say Jordan Burroughs. It's Burroughs, and this this dude. This is what he's done. I mean, he's he just said, "Oh, college season ended. Nah, I'm gonna get in the sauna and cut some weight and give it a go." Boom. Wins the Olympic trials. Oh, you got to qualify the way. You don't have any international experience. You've never been overseas. You don't even have a passport. We're going to send you the most <laughs> godforsaken place on planet Earth, Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, sandwiched between Russia and China. Head to hang out with Genghis Khan himself. You're going to walk out there and go 5-0 and against 25-year-old Eastern Europeans that are vying for an Olympic spot. And he did it. Yeah. This is amazing. This guy is going to get a medal. He is European wrestling kryptonite. And he's a left leg lead. That's right. No, man. he switches it up. He, he, oh, you know, he okay, here we go. He used to stop here, there, right foot here, left stuff. foot forward, right foot forward. Anyways, I'm drinking Jaden, the Jaden Cox Kool-Aid. If he wants me to call him Jeff, I'll call him Jeff. <laughs> I don't think so, Tommy. So, <laughs> All right, Tommy. I got, I haven't packed my bags yet. I'm leaving for I got about I less than twelve you. hours. I'm leaving right. for uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm doing a little seminar down there this uh, Thursday, Friday night. Um, and we'll watch UWF Juniors, and we'll reconvene next week, and we'll talk about that. Sounds good, brother. All right, man. See you. See ya. You are listening to the T Rowan Funky Show, and it is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you've built, Tommy. I gotta say, I, I tried these products. He shipped me a box. Uh, I love them. I've, I've had, uh, if you know me, you know I had, I've had ringworm issues for a long time. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to putting these in my repertoire and, and hoping, uh, the ringworm does not come back ever. No doubt, Ben. And to top that off, the company was created by wrestlers. Guy Seiko wrestled at Cleveland State University. His son was an All-American in Virginia. So these people really get it. They know what the wrestling community needs. You're listening to the T-Row and Funky Show brought to you by All Force Nutrition. Ben, I don't know a whole lot about the founders here, but it's I, I gather it's a wrestling wrestling family, wrestling company up up in the North Country where you're at. Tell us a little bit about All Force Nutrition. Tommy, All Force Nutrition was started by the Zilverberg brothers out of Minnesota. They are wrestling people, 
and they made these supplements for wrestlers. Uh, you know, they graduated with uh, degrees from the University of Minnesota, and this was kind of their dream to to put together some very healthy uh, and good tasting. You know, I've had some myself lately. Supplements for wrestlers to use that that fits their their needs, and these products are great. I'm using them myself right now. Check out allforcenutrition.com. Made for wrestlers by wrestlers. Go ahead and support them. <laughs> 